Hello and welcome to the People in Flow podcast. This episode is the first in a three-part series in which Simon and Neville talk with David Ulrich about challenges in the contemporary world of human resources and people functions. Dave Ulrich, a prolific author of 30 books, is ranked as the number one management guru by Business Week. He was profiled by Fast Company as one of the world's top 10 creative people in business. He is a top five coach in Forbes and recognized on Thinkers 50 as one of the world's leading business thinkers. Dave Ulrich has a passion for ideas with impact. He is a professor at the Ross School of Business, University of Michigan. Dave's work focuses on how organizations develop their impact through leveraging human resources. His work on the HR business partner model truly changed the industry. In episode one, discussion focuses on the importance of context and learning. Hi, it's Dave Ulrich. Blended. Neville Pritchard here and Simon Lovegrove. Nice to talk to you. And to you, an absolute pleasure. So, Dave, uh, what I think would be helpful for people listening would be to uh, really get an appreciation of the context that you're coming from. And uh, I was reading some of your notes and also the the notes in your email about your decision to sort of change how you were publishing information and change how you were engaging in the conversation. What I'm curious about is what's the context in your mind and, and how is that informing then, you know, for example, that decision to change how you're publishing information? My passion, in, and I'll pick two passions, I think, that go hand in hand. On the one hand, it's ideas with impact. And, and so part of that idea is what's fresh, what's new, but how will it really have an impact? And on the other hand, the impact is defined not by what I do, but by what somebody gets from what I do. So it isn't that I write a book, it's that somebody finds the book helpful to what they do. Yeah. I think that's both of those are true in HR. And I think in HR, we are, in theory, having ideas that will have an impact. And the impact is on multiple stakeholders. And so the impact should be, it's really interesting. When I visit with HR groups, I often say, so who's the customer of HR? And 60 to 70% of the time, the answer is the employee or the line manager, the organization. I call that the internal customer, the below the line. Above a line would be the external stakeholders, mm-hmm. the, the customer of the company, the investor, the community, the world in which we live. And so my goal is to have ideas with impact, not only on the internal stakeholders, the employees, the managers, but also on the external stakeholders, on the customers, investors that shape what a business does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's the area I'm interested in. I'll go one step deeper with that around ideas with impact to multiple stakeholders. I'm finding today, and I'd love to get your input, Neville and Simon both, that I've written a lot of books. I've done 30 books. I've done a book a year for 30 years. And I'm finding when I started writing books, you'd get a royalty, you'd get a whole lot of really cool things. Today, books have a place, but the half-life of knowledge is getting so short that people want quick hits. They want to access the ideas that are timely and relevant. And so about a year ago, I decided, okay, in 2017, I'm not going to write a book. Now I've already violated that. I'm doing two books in eight years. But, uh, but, uh, but, but I started saying, okay, so how do you access this social media world? I didn't go to Twitter because I didn't think I could say anything in 140 characters. And so I started posting on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I've now posted about 45 articles on LinkedIn every every week I post something. And okay. here's, the, here's the funny thing I'm learning. The articles are about 1,000 words, 1,100 words, and they get viewed by more people than almost any academic article. So I'm getting some views. 
then the advisor I had said, Dave, what people want is really short pieces. And I said, a thousand words is short. <laughs> um, well, do something with 120 words, which I'm going, you can't say anything in 120 words. So I tried that a couple months ago. You got 200,000 views. I just went, holy smokes. And so now every Tuesday I post and one Tuesday, well, I just started this a couple weeks ago, is an article. I posted an article yesterday, 1,100 words. And then every other Tuesday is the 120 to 150 word. I don't even know what you call them. Um, my academics would, colleagues would call them trash. <laughs> uh, but, but, but kind of short burst of a simple idea. Yeah. The short burst get 10 to 20 times the number of views. It just, yeah. by the way, I think that's a, a problem. I think we're getting, uh, there, were, there used to be a television show called Name That Tune. Yeah, yeah, I'll name it in one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, can you name it in one? And so I'm getting cynical about that. We get it in training as well. And I, I'll stop here in just a second. I'm trying to have an impact with ideas. I'm at a live stage where that's meaningful to me. And now in training, it used to be, oh, we'll do a two-week program at the university. Then it's a week. Then it's three days. Then somebody yeah. says, well, can you send me a webinar for 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. And I think, Oh, I, I don't know where to go with that. I get frustrated with it. So I'll end with that. That's kind of what's behind my thinking. I can completely see where you're coming from with that. One of the things with the training side of it that I tried to capture in, in, in an article the other week, which was, um, you know, that you had to have context. Um, you know, 40, 50, 50 years ago, Robert Singer produced a, a book on teaching skills and said that skills had been really acquired when they could be consistently reproduced under intense pressure. If what you need to learn requires that, then you can't do it in 20 minutes. No. Just ridiculous. If, however, all you need to do is learn how to tie a cravat for your son's wedding, and you may never have to do it again, or maybe your next son or daughter in a few years' time may need that, well, yeah, you only need to just look at it in a video and copy it and forget it, you know? That context of what you need to learn that has to be deeply embedded versus what it just can be superficial, I think the world is getting confused as to what is okay superficial. That's just a thought I have. Uh, and so, as you rightly say, the 1,100 words are important. The 120 words energize people towards it, I hope. I hope the people that read the 120 eventually read the 1100 and eventually then read the book. You know, mm. that that kind of, for me, you kind of got to start re-educating people as to how deeply they need to know stuff before they make decisions. Mm -hmm. No, I would totally resonate with that. And, and you know that. You've been at ATD, you have now a book coming out and have done deep work. One of the things I get frustrated in with training is that when somebody scratches at somebody, and I don't mean physically scratch, but they, yeah. they they scratch at the idea. The people that are good trainers will go with the scratch. They can go deep, they can go wherever they need to go. Um, you quoted a, an older person, I'll quote Kurt Lewin, a very old theorist who was brilliant. He said, nothing is as useful as a good theory. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that that depth of understanding that that it isn't just yeah I can I can go tell a story about begin with the end in mind or some of the other Steve Covey's habits. But what was interesting about Steve, well a quick anecdote with Steve Covey, 
um, he passed away a number of years ago, a few years ago, and we went to his funeral and his daughter told a story. She said, I'm overwhelmed. I'm a mother with four kids. I'm trying to do some work. I'm just overwhelmed. Dad, I can't manage your calendar. I can't do the things you're advising me to do in seven habits. And she said, my dad looked at me and said, well, that's stupid. Don't do that. And Steve was smart enough to know that those habits he had were based on his broad expertise. If they don't work for you, don't do them. And I think sometimes we need people who think deeply. And Neville, you clearly have done that. And Simon, you've clearly done that. Maybe that's because we're, we're three old people talking about how great the world used to be. But I hope that we can teach people that it's not just the action, it's the thought behind the action that matters. Yeah, I, I, I just want to sort of just check something because I think it's worth hearing on the podcast. When I asked you about your context, what I heard you say was something like, my mission or my, what I'm interested in is influencing the entire practice across everywhere and influencing thinking. And I'm just struggling with the best way to do that that gets the maximum reach with the maximum effect. Have I got that right about how you think about work? You know, when you say that, it feels very arrogant and kind of uh, messianic and kind of idealistic. But then at yeah. some level I go, yeah. I mean, one of my goals early on was to be on an airplane and somebody would be reading one of my books and I could say, how do you like the book? Because I don't put pictures on the book. My, yeah. my pictures detract from value. And they say, wow, this is... This is a really good book. And I go, well, I've heard it's a good author, you know, and, and then I discover nobody buys my book. So that's never going to happen. So, um, but maybe I am a little bit of a, uh, my wife and I say we're meaning seekers. We want to find meaning. We want to have an impact. And, and it isn't one little part of HR. I'm not saying let's change performance management. I agree with that. But I think the content, I love Neville's comment around context. I hope we can shape the world of business in some positive ways. Yeah. yeah. Simon, what would you say yours is? What's driving you? That's an interesting question because, you see, I do have a sort of icon. But at the age of 16, I realized. But it's to uh, enable people to get off and have a great time. And at the time, I was, I was in a rock band, and I thought that was the way to do it. And now that's very, very general compared to yours. And, you know, but I find that if, you know, if, you, if I look at all the different things I do, whether it's coaching or whether it's training or whether I'm consulting, I mean, I've just come off two hours of a debrief process, for example, using with a virtual team, just helping them to come together and reaffirm their commitment to each other and build some trust and relax and then nice. be able to deliver and enjoy their life and their work. So that's kind of, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I do. I have to ask, at age 16 or 17, did you have long hair and a beard? I did. <laughs> I was a lot better looking as well. <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode one in the People and Flow with Dave Ulrich series. If you would like to know more about the topics discussed, click on the links in the description and tune in for episode two. Thank you for listening. <laughs>